a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. There we are again. That was well-rounded. Yeah, it really was. We got all the different types of beeps. We didn't even need a guest this time. That's great. Here on a Witty Banter episode number 124, as per usual, I'm Max, that's Hunter, <laughs> and that's Chase What's out up? there. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat to all of you. We're not wearing hats, but that's all right. Gents. Because we got mouths. All right. We can use these mouths to talk into these microphones. Tip of the lip. Yeah, tip of the lip to you, sir. Excuse you, please. We're back again. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Are we doing okay? Doing pretty good. Doing all if it right. Could just be November already. That'd be much better. It was Why crazy today, dude. It was the first October day in Houston that I woke up and I was like, wow, it feels like a nice, cool morning breeze outside yeah dude it was it insane. was like it was straight up san diego weather chase you yeah you gonna, live I was this say so you're gonna you're gonna love you're gonna come here and it's just gonna be like well god damn it this is every day i'm like yes yeah, every day yeah you get this every day how do you not just how are you just not always in the best positive spirits at all times? <laughs> i am this has been one of the greatest years of my life I, man. for real like there's no way you could be sad in weather like today i was walking around i was just like first off i'm not melting that's fucking awesome <laughs> yeah that's sick my ass cheeks are just separated completely no sweat <laughs> in there that's just sealing those bad boys that's together a first. yeah that's sick that's great so yeah i can't imagine being I, depressed. i'd imagine that kind of messes with the timbre of what you got going on back there though. it does yeah like yeah farts sound wetter yeah, when they really live up to be. mud butt max yeah and i'm over here I'm like that fart wasn't as cheeks. wasn't as wet as you think it is it's the sweat it's not what you think there's just a bunch of sweat in my asshole it's that a sweaty a really, environment okay yeah, i don't know hunter i don't know if you know this but for the new south park game if you go to i am the fart.com you can enter a contest to have your own fart put in the game i saw you uh tag max on that (laughs) there is no possible way we let max not enter that contest yeah so what do i have to do for that i just gotta like you gotta brew is what you gotta do (laughs) you gotta go to the website i said i'd never do it again look we got all the recording equipment right here if you want to finish this episode get a little brew (laughs) session I'll record you. It's like super nice quality. How like crazy would it be in. if they just heard it and they're like, wow, this sold. Yeah. Like, it's an assortment of oh, No, that's yeah. easily the best there one. That's it. Well, we got like 30 more. It doesn't get better than this, Nancy. <laughs> These are the ideal. Throw them out. All right. <laughs> King Hunter, Fart is here. Happy late birthday, man. You're 26 yeah, man. years old now. Thanks, guys. That's yeah. A, that is old. It was man. a good weekend. But yeah. Um, did you do some crazy stuff this weekend? Yeah. Mandy took me to iFly. We did... Uh, we did the skydiving indoors deal, which was pretty interesting. Right on. It wasn't like, I didn't have like incredible self-control. Like I wasn't doing flips and shit, but it was a little easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like you watch some of the other people and they're just like <laughs> flailing around. Just, yeah. And, no. you're, and you're like, oh, okay, well I have like a little bit of self-control, you know, like I can kind of control it. So that was cool. Um, and then, yeah, I just like had a Brazilian steakhouse dinner with my dad and Tight. like an incredible brunch the next morning, there which I was very full and full of meats mm. so i was trying to recover Delicious. but also you know brunch it up yeah so, it was good you deserve it you know yeah. get a little brunch and watch there a little football birthday. daddy Ooh, which game did you watch uh well i watched the texans lose yeah i was gonna, yeah because that wasn't they didn't coincide you know yeah the texans have been lo- i'm thinking about the other houston team that won but you know football's football sometimes you just yeah. enjoy it on your birthday and take it easy i mean does anybody care that the astros are like 
doing something Fuck, now. Yeah, that's dude. pretty cool, right? They're finally Are, back in Houston, the conversation. We have a Houston team now. They're in like I I had somebody explain this to me because I don't know baseball at all. But mm-hmm. they're in like the final four of baseball, right? Yeah, no, they're going to. There's only four teams that can win the World Series, and they're one of them, right? Yes, tight. Yeah, that's they're kicking ass tight. right now. Very cool. Go Strohs, I guess. Go Strohs. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. What San Diego baseball team are they doing now? <laughs> Anything? The Padres. They oh, suck. they have one. Oh, <laughs> rats. The Dodgers are good. Dodgers are really good. Dodgers are cool again. But uh, I don't know shit. I'm out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, we're almost we're accidentally talking let's about go. baseball outside of Houston, and that's not cool. Yeah, I can't be a person that talks about baseball. So let's go ahead and switch on over to something that is cool in our wheelhouse. That's getting beers. We're all drinking beers today, right? What are you drinking, Hunter? So going with a Texan, made in Texas by Texans. There you go. Um, it's from the Martin House Brewing Company called the Salty Lady. It's a tart and refreshing goza. That's a really good one. 5.2% alcohol <laughs> by volume. You sound like you're reluctant yeah. that you don't have it, Chase. Well, he's, yeah. yeah, I wish this was a visual podcast because you could also see him close his eyes and then sink into some apparently fond memories. Not a not a physical sigh, but an inner sigh. Yeah. Oh, it was relaxing. One. No, it was like, it was good. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm, I always like look at gozas as like, this chip on my shoulders type of thing. Not because like, because I know that it's not my favorite. So it's like, if you impress me, then like, you're really going to impress me, you know, but you're going to have to go through a little obstacle to get me there. I don't know, man. I think that like, I came into Goza's thinking that I wouldn't like them. And then every time I've drank in a Goza so far, I've just been like, Oh, this is really cool. Plenty of just two sours. I haven't had one since that green flash one. That was just like absurdly sour. (laughs) But since uh, what are you doing other than stabbing yourself in the eyeball? With a pin. That was really Jeez. gross. Yeah, you went. You got. You hit the white part of your eyeball when you did that. I have very bad allergies, guys. Dude, so get up do I. Well, yeah. graphite is well, a good yeah. Well, he just wants to end it all. Well, graphite is the cure. Yeah. <laughs> At least go eraser head. Yeah, right. Great movie, Chase. What I'm are drinking you drinking? A, I'm drinking a beer, but it's nothing. Nothing worth reviewing. It's just a common man's beer to have a conversation with. I've been slacking on the beer game these past few weeks. Just. Got to get my shit under control. Uh, that'll that'll be coming soon. I understand because somebody who isn't slacking on their beer game is your boy here, right? I'm following the theme, <laughs> and following last week's episode where spooky. I was where yeah exactly <laughs> the, the theme is spooky, but apparently last beer was not spooky enough compared <laughs> you to say Chase. spooky in like the cutest least menacing way possible. Well, you spooky know spooky beers. <laughs> you know what is menacing? All right, and I think we can all agree would be an evil crawfish. All right, so I've got a evil crawfish by uh, Clown Shoes. Okay, it's an imperial Clown red shoes. India pale ale. All right, mm-hmm. I figured it would be fitting for the spooky theme because one, it's evil, and two, I mean, what's more terrifying than an underwater insect? Right, like crabs. I'll tell you this: crabs, I mean, if you had a crawfish me. that was like straight up the size of a human, that'd be scary as fuck. What about a crawfish who's on a wanted poster and he's wearing a cloak? <laughs> <laughs> What about an that anthropomorphic think about that. That's got to be pretty spooky. So I'm excited to let this one open up a little bit. It's a little warmed up, too. So hopefully it should taste pretty, pretty good. We got a, uh, we got a loaded show here. Yeah, we got yeah. some things that we're going to be doing. on A little bit of a review ski, a little bit of a, uh, some email questions, a little bit of a mystery beforehand. You know, news, uh, newsies. Newsies. Newsies <laughs> and stuff like that, too. So uh, let's, let's not, you know, let's cut the bullshit and let's get straight into it, okay? This is Witty Banter. Okay, Chase, you wanted to bring something to the show today, right? 
Yeah, so my friend Stephen Shavana, who I met uh, a couple him. years ago, good one of guy. my good buddies. The dad. Yeah, he's the he is a twenty five year old dad for the rest of his life. Awesome. <laughs> Not yeah. because he has a kid, but because he looks like a dad. Yeah, he's um, thirty two too, so it's weird. <laughs> we we connected over. Uh, we like to get into really just deep nerdy conversations about the stuff that we studied in college. And every once in a while, he'll send me a link or something. And the other day, he sent me a link to a news story that blew my fucking mind. And okay. I want to see if it blows y'all's as well. Later. This comes from Wired. Wired. Excuse me. Wired.com. <clears throat> okay. From Alex Davies. And the, uh, the headline is, General Motors is going all electric. Cool. And it reads, Here we go. After more than a century... Pedaling vehicles that pollute the atmosphere, General Motors is ending its relationship with gasoline and diesel. This morning, the American automotive giant announced that it is working toward an all-electric, zero-emissions future. That starts with two new fully electric models next year, and then at least 18 more by 2023. That product onslaught puts the company at the forefront of an increasingly large crowd of automakers proclaiming the age of electricity and promising to move away from gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles. In recent months, Volvo, Aston Martin, and Jaguar Land Rover have announced similar moves. I'll stop there. There's more to the article that we'll get to. But I just want to get your first knee-jerk reactions. Because when I heard the headline that General Motors, a company that's been around since like 1908, is going to all electric, I was like, that has to be huge. That has to be some sort of like signifying... Paradigm That's got to be a, a very, yeah, a very symbolic move that this... Not only a, a company that's been around forever that makes s- so many cars, but I think a, a company that has a, a very strong American connotation is ditching gasoline and is going all electric. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, this goes in hand with, um, you know, Volkswagen is making a huge push in electric. They're basically trying to say that, like, you know, because like Elon, Elon and Tesla were the ones that sort of made electric attractive for the first time. And then when that was like the proof of concept, then you have these other dealers that are like, OK, well, like we can actually take the marketplace, you know, okay. because they're it's like, cool now because so. they don't have the distribution or yeah. like the manufacturing power or whatever. Um, so Volkswagen's been on that game. What was really cool is I saw a uh, I saw Elon respond to a Mercedes tweet saying that they were going to invest a billion dollars into electric cars for the future. And Elon Musk was like, that's not enough. And so they're like, <laughs> and so they responded and they're like, okay, make that $10 billion. And he's like, that's good. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Just for his Words tweet. Matter. They straight hey, up yo, that's all you got to do for an extra 9 billion bucks. <laughs> yeah. I'd be so, tweeting people all day long. So that, and then I had no idea that GM so was cool. fully going to buy in. I'm not sure everything that's under the umbrella of GM, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot of the big guys. Uh, yeah. Especially. Oh American yeah. Made. Oh yeah. It's, American it's, made cars. Every, the ones that you think of are usually going to be under the GM umbrella. I, yeah. Big I, old Chevy trucks. It's, electric. it's, it's like yeah. <laughs> at this point it's starting to become sort of this like, you know, there's a certain amount of like social morality that's playing into it. Like you don't want to be the, on the wrong side of history and be that guy that's like planting his flag in the stand, sand and being like, no, the old way is best. You know, I mean, yeah. like if you're the, the number one rule in business is that you have to uh, adapt to be able to stay on the mountaintops of the competitive landscape, you yeah. know? So if you're fucking not going to buy in, then like you're not going to be relevant in five or 10 years. I mean, it seems like they're just really finally kind of caving into the idea. Because <laughs> for one thing is that I think that electric 
has been so associated with like non-power for so long if yeah. that makes sense right and when you think of a good old american the car you think of the horses and the power that they provide <laughs> the for these horses. cars okay and i can only get that from burning fossil fuels right mm-hmm. uh but obviously with such you know leaders like elon musk and tesla they've not only made fucking electric cars cool but they're also very high effective and yeah. high performing cars right yeah. so i think that's going to be like hopefully that people start understanding that now it doesn't really matter that they're electric cars. You can still get that fucking awesome big old truck that you can throw cylinders and stuff into the, or fucking cement cylinders into the back of the car recklessly right. with your cowboy hat on. It's totally fine. Even if it's electric, <laughs> it's no big deal, man. So, but when, I, it, when yeah. it, when it comes to like an American context though, all I could think when I saw this headline was that just has to be, such a devastating argument for people who want to say that things like can't or shouldn't move forward towards more clean energy or like electric cars. Like at this point, America is so it's so hard for them to get to move towards any sort of away from fossil fuels, period. Right. Right. And now that now that this is out there, I just feel like this is a gigantic slap in the face to people who are trying to trying to argue for their relevance still you know do you guys feel the same way at all i like, love it yeah that's good well you shake things up man and you're fucking supposed to man i mean like you, you do gotta wonder that i mean this has got to be a hit to like oil industries maybe not like like it's got to be pretty big right like you gotta the idea that like gas stations will not be nearly as needed in the ideal future which is that every they single car to is to electric. electric, right? Yeah. So these oil companies, I mean, what's going to happen? Would you just want to eventually just become electric companies yeah. or something like that, right? I mean, uh, I have, uh, so I mean, I'm we're, we're in Houston, or me and Max Houston, are, yeah. which is the... We hate know, oil here. The, <laughs> the oil and gas capital of the world. And basically, like, I'm auditing oil and gas major public companies. And I've had conversations with some people who are, I guess, less forward-looking into, like, these sorts of technologies than I am, like, even people that are just straight up my age. And I'll, you know, I'll bring up stuff like, you know, Elon Musk and and electric driverless whatever. And they're just like, that's just a bunch of hooey-fooey. Like, and and plus the idea is, like, you realize that that's, like, they're like, you realize that's against your best interest, right? Because all of our clients are oil and gas. But I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't have any actual... Like I want, Stake I want oil companies. and gas yeah. to collapse because I don't think that it's as good, and I think it's worse for our fucking globe. So yeah, they right. just happen to be the biggest companies. If this happened, those would become the biggest companies, and you would still be auditing them. And they they're would still literally need to be like the audited. economic version of establishment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of, of, of just the establishment trying to keep a hold of something that is old, ultimately going to become outside of their reach. And I largely think the reason why they are able to hold so greatly is because of their subsidies from the government and government help and that sort of thing. Lobbying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But Um, no, I think it's great. I think I I hadn't heard that news. And I think the fact that, that you have, you know, even America has to buy in, you know, so Are, are you as optimistic as I am in thinking that this company being as big as they are with the legacy that they have has to be some sort of first domino I because every I feel like all of us want people to start transitioning away from these these fuels and we've never seen a big prolific company come out and and so boldly say that we are making this change person I mean I could just be out of out of the loop I'm sure I am but this is the first one that I've heard that I that I felt was 
more prolific than I could have imagined. Do you guys feel the same way? Like, do you feel like this could be the first domino? Well, I'm trying to wonder too, because GM's not really in the best place right now, are they? I mean, they're not. No, they're they not. definitely aren't on the up and up. You know, they were bailed out, as far as I understood. Yeah, in the, in the bailout. So um, they're like, I hope for one that with this they get a little bit better press with these new cars, and they're able to like. Because they are a huge name, but at least if they like, I would like to see them as a huge company if they were all electric driven cars or electric cars. I mean, that'd be fucking awesome. So I hope that like this at least gives them like a good name or it might just be an opportunity for somebody else to come in and be the new like electric car. Like you said, everybody else, even though they aren't the GM name, successful companies are doing the same thing. Yeah. Like Mercedes fucking Volkswagen fucking Tesla are all doing the same things, too. So maybe I mean. Because GM, like, it's obvious that their backs were kind of against the wall to this. I don't think it's out of anything that's like, you know what? I do care about the people. It's right. like, okay, yeah, people aren't tr- buying our fu- people aren't buying our trucks anymore. Right. That's just straight up. Like, truck sales are fucking abysmal now. Mm-hmm. And every other car that they sell has, like, such a horrible reputation for the most part. I'm not saying every other car, but, like, a lot of them do. American-made manufacturing American, yeah, does not have a high esteem. Fucking, yeah, it's, it sounds bad, honestly. So hopefully this can at least, like, be such a shakeup in the company that they can reinvent themselves through this maintain as the biggest American maintain as the symbol of American made, but come out of it as something that's a little bit more, you know, sought after than they are now. As far as whether or not I consider it a domino effect, I think it's hard to tell. I mean, I think it might be something that we look back at. And then if there is other American companies that we look at that follow suit, then maybe, you know, like maybe we can attribute it to that. I also think it's just a collective wave. Like I see articles all the time about countries that are putting in legislation to make it illegal to sell um, yeah. non-electric or like basically diesel or normal gas vehicles in like five or 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I think all of the, I, I think it's just an accumulation effect. I think it's just a big wave of shit and it. And it really just shows that you, like, while there are legislations that's being brought about by more progressive countries, um, I think for America to go ahead and do this when there is such polarization around climate change and all this stuff, I think it really just shows that it really comes down to the market and what people want. People don't fucking want gas anymore. You know, they want, they want to be able to feel good about their purchase, not only from the performance and all that kind of shit, but just that it's the right thing to do. And I think it's pretty clear, like you can't argue that oil is the right thing to do other than the establishment argument, so. Yeah, I mean, and having the idea that the right thing to do and the like, and the performance, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Is, the performance is the, is, same. Is the same thing to pick. So yeah. there's really no argument here now at this point going I like forward. letting the people speak, you know, like like letting the speak people drive it. Um, yeah. drive it to, to for the for Let the them drive the electric cars. <laughs> Stop letting the dogs do it. Yeah, I just want the economy to the work dogs itself. Have all out. the fun. Yeah, the dogs get everything, man. <laughs> so yeah, that I mean that's yeah. I I'm gonna read just uh, two more quick paragraphs because uh-huh. we've talked most we talked about it mostly in the American context, which was what I was really wanting to drive at. But then there's a couple paragraphs <laughs> here which is touching on a little bit about um, what Hunter was going into. So to be sure, GM's sudden jolt of electricity is planned with its shareholders in mind. The Trump administration may be moving to roll back fuel efficiency requirements in the U.S., but the rest of the world is insisting on an electric age. France, Great Britain, the Netherlands, and Norway have all said they plan to ban the sale of gas and diesel cars in the coming decades. And I had had no idea that that was the case. 
More importantly, China, the world's largest car market, and India, a rising star, plan to join them. No, auto, no automaker can compete globally without a compelling stable of electric cars. GM intends to grab as large a slice of the Chinese market as possible. It has previously announced plans to launch 10 electric or hybrid electric cars in the country by 2020. And this summer, it started selling a two-seat electric vehicle there for just $5,300. And last year, it sold more cars in China than it did in the U.S. I want that here. I want that car. That sounds easy. <laughs> I could throw together 5000 bucks to get a fucking I don't know car. if I want that one. That's a particular <laughs> model. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I keep thinking about how weird it is that the country that has probably contributed the most to our pollution and um, just like has the most smog and shit, the worst living condition, like mm -hmm. with China, is now the spearhead against, you know, pollution and all this shit. And we're it's the really, ones who's probably we're like, like, that's a free number one spot. Right. right like we were Let's actually like, at least I think under there. Obama, like we were kind of doing better than we said we were going to do under certain like statutes. Mm. Like, like there are certain expectations and we actually were like superseding them. Yeah. Um, but now we're kind of like in this position where we're in the back seat to other people. I don't know. I just think it's so what's, weird. what's really crazy about that is like in their communist state where they control what is on the media, what they allow to be um, broadcast to their people are reports of the frustrations of pollution. Like it's like a it's like one of the things that the people over there can rally behind is like how shitty the pollution is and how shitty they treat the environment. And it's one of the things that it's just it's just strange to me in this like just kind of grabbing onto what you were talking about, Hunter, that in a place that it is so that is so controlled, one of the things that they allow to move is this conversation. And they are simultaneously horrible polluters, but also I think they do just see I mean, when you look when you look at any state action, it is ultimately every action goes towards their own survival. And if that's what if they see the future as electric, and that's why they're doing this now, it's because they know they need to be the fucking leader of it. So right. Well, I mean, they might not be like a democratic republic in in for formality or anything, but the fact is is that people not only do a shit ton of people die because of pollution, but just the living standards just fucking blow, and they can't like like the government can't get around that. Like if people can't fucking breathe. You know, like they have to address that. So I think, I think just, you know, if, if they're going to take pride in, you know, their country and, and what they stand for and their people are straight up like, yo, it sucks to live here because I can't breathe, then they kind of have to go to the yeah, forefront after also, that. You literally might be making people sick. And in a country like that, I mean, or in any country, like that's your workforce too as well. So like it's everybody's best interest to clear that up. Yeah. So. Oh man, well that is a that was a pretty riveting article. What are, like so? Do you guys think in the future that like once electric cars are now the mainstream, is the hipster thing to do going to be to drive your gasoline car everywhere? It'll that, always still be fucking riding one of those retro. gigantic wheeled bikes with a tiny little wheel in the back. It'll oh. always be the hipster thing. That's always the number one, right? That's always well. What one. I've also heard is uh, is an up number two is the unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, not trendy. I see people on unicycles around my campus at least two to three times a day. Exactly. So. <laughs> I talked to my buddy, uh, Jorge, who um, is an engineer, uh, and he works on hydrogen implementation for cars. Cool. And so, basically, right now... We talked about that on the show, right? I think we have. Yeah. I, I actually saw this video of one of the dudes from... What's the British car show that's so popular? 
top top gear top gear top yeah. gear yes. so it was like the dude who's like the main guy on that and he was talking about hydrogen prospects and he's like that's actually probably the best solution there's just not an easy way to make an infrastructure out of it so hopefully if we have like a solution to be able to make an infrastructure around hydrogen that would be a possible why is that well. what's complicated about the infrastructure about it's like hydrogen. the separation of um church and state mostly <laughs> yeah damn it it's like the the, the cracking which is the separate, like you'll have water and you'll try and separate the oxygen from the hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And I think that process is kind of difficult and not Can't easy. just throw it, that into a car. It takes a lot of energy to be able to do that. So, yeah. yeah. yeah that makes sense. All right. So but get that. It, it would be cool if we could figure out a way to make that easier. But. Yeah, that would be tight. Would you change your nickname from Diesel to like Hydrogen <laughs> Hydro something? Hunter? Hydro Hunter is, I'm down to keep that. <laughs> What to do in the future? Hydro Hunter's on a nickname low, man. Yeah, Who does get all the best nicknames, dude. <laughs> Me and Chase are just sitting over here waiting for ours. I got Mud Butt Max. Hey, so man! After I had to fucking that for, I was about to go say, through he's collecting baby. on some karma. He's, yeah, <laughs> after I had to go through baby and kicked in the mud for a couple years, <laughs> dragged around like an infant, just throwing around. <laughs> like an infant. Like we kick a baby around. <laughs> Not really. We don't kick babies on this show. At least not normally. Yeah, not often. Not anymore. Not since high school. But we are growing up now, so let's go ahead. Let's think about this. Let's think about the future. Let's go buy some electric cars. Mm-hmm. And let's come back and let's also review these beers and stuff, too. Okay, sounds good. A bit of pip If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. <laughs> and feel free to share it with your friends. Oh. Let's get back to it. Be- 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 I like the idea of running our beeps together. Let's see. Well, there's there's one that was like three episodes ago where we all just had like super subtle beeps coming out of halftime. <laughs> go listen back. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to go back. <laughs> All right. It's just so funny. Beeps. It's so fucking funny. Oh, my so God. So I'm just tempted to do that every time at a halftime. Just that, 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 beep. <laughs> okay. Well, now we know the best, the, the funniest types of beeps. Now we know going forward as we perfect our beeps and our beer reviews. Mm-hmm. All right. Because they've been, they've been, or, only been getting you know, better. <laughs> yeah. Or we just keep it we, mediocre. Yeah. Or we just, yeah. Keep it consistent. <laughs> what the people want. We don't want to change know? too much about Yeah. The we show. don't want to get too crazy here. Uh, which is why I'm going to stick to the mediocre review of this beer is cool. Um, <laughs> this beer, again, I'm drinking the evil crawfish. Uh, I don't normally like crawfish, but I do like this beer. It's good. It's a little bit of a change up from what I'm normally even doing. It's you said a it's a red more. IPA, right? Yes. An imperial red India pale ale. So it's got uh, some alcohol then. 9%. Nine. Not bad. Okay. You know, but it's got a bit of a bite. It's definitely, there's nothing sweet about this at all. Uh, it's a nice little bitter taste, but it's nothing that is impalatable. I don't know if that's a I word. I feel like Clown Shoes has a lot of high alcoholic drinks. Clown Shoes does not fuck around. They, uh, <laughs> Except for their name of their brewery, all their labels. They don't clown around. It's um, like a serious band being named Hoobastank. Yeah, right? But too bad Hoobastank is not a serious band. So <laughs> The only time I, Rusty Cooley ever said something I respected 
was when we were talking about Hoobastick, and he just said, what a fucking waste of a band name. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's, that's coming great. from... It be just like another Tenacious D type band. That's coming from the uh, lead guitarist of... Outworld. Outworld's <laughs> dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not the band, but the name. The name uh, is cool. It is cool. Uh, it's a reference to Outworld in fucking Mortal Kombat. Is it I actually? Imagine. Oh. Yeah, it's gotta if be. If it actually is a reference to that, then... Okay. Yeah. Then I let it pass. All right, but they were between that and Shao Kahn. I would think Shao Kahn would be <laughs> should have won that. But and by the way, okay. yeah, for everyone listening, go check out War of the Angels on YouTube. It's their hit. Oh man! Out- oh, no, that was a Rusty Cooley. Yeah, it might have been a Rusty Cooley. That was exclusive. a Rusty Cooley single. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Hunter, what do you think about your beer? Um, we were just we were just chatting it up at halftime. It is the Salty Lady. She'd be one. salty. It's a good one. You know, it's, it's like what I was saying is whenever I drink it, it's like the first rush doesn't really come across as this super salty, sour tartness or anything. It's kind of just like palatable in the way normal other beers are. And then after I wash it down, then it sort of opens up with that salt, but it's not like overbearing and too much. It's not, it's not what I actually call salty. It's like it's just a little bit tart, saltish, yeah. if you will. Yeah, <laughs> quasi salt. <laughs> um, and I like pseudo salt. I like it, man. I think it's in talking about the obstacles that you have for me to like a goza. It's overcome those obstacles. Yeah, that is a yeah. It's on the There's a side. long list. Yeah. Of uh, requirements to get you just through the front door of the goza. Hydro Hunter don't fuck no games. Bro. <laughs> no, he does not. Nor does the Lone Star Luck. <laughs> Oh man! Or a long tall Texan. Yeah, or any of those people really. Uh, so these beers are good, but we That's have a, a full podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but me and Chase did something uh, this past week that we I think we enjoyed. I don't know. I guess we'll have to figure. Chase that did out. it twice. Chase did it. Yeah, Chase did it a couple in regular times. fashion. Yeah, as he usually does. You know, you got to make sure when tap. you like something. <laughs> but we <Double> went. <laughs> but we went and we saw Blade Runner twenty forty. Nine. This is a movie that I was super stoked about. How uh, long before y'all whipped your dick outs for Ryan Gosling? Uh, I mean, I when did the, the trailer? trailer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Dude. I got one out before I. When was the trailer out? <laughs> I put it back in, but out the underpants. You guys just didn't. Did know y'all that. wear your drive outfits? Uh, no, we, I didn't wear my jean jacket. It was too hot. Rats. But I will say. Uh, somebody did a pretty funny tweet of things saying that they want to uh, suggest best supporting actor to Ryan Gosling's jacket in that movie because it's a fucking <laughs> badass looking jacket. In 2049? Yes. It nice. is a cool, cool jacket that he has. Well, yeah. Lay it on me. What do y'all For think? Very, I heard it was good. Yeah. I mean, like. So dude, this is a review. We will try to stay away from spoilers yeah, as much we as we will can. do our best to avoid spoilers. I'm not going to do anything blatantly. But if I do by accident, you have been warned. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was super excited going into this movie ever since I saw the trailer. I was super stoked, uh, before it, I wasn't like a huge Blade Runner fan. I liked it from like a surface level. Like it had all my favorite features of a movie. Right. Uh, and I appreciated the original one. Um, I how had, long ago was the original one? Do y'all know? Sorry. 82, like 80, 82, oh, so 83. It was, it was a long time ago. Aged. It was okay. a long time ago. Um, and I liked that movie, you know, all like a lot. And I kind of went into this movie thinking it was going to be kind of the same thing, like more of a like spectacle than anything else. It's like a modernizer, you know. Um, and the movie takes place thirty years after the prior one. And I mean, Chase, what like going into this movie? First off, it's about 
it's two hours and 45 minutes long. Wow. So very which long. Is a which fucking is never a good look. Long, yes. Never, never a good look, right? So I was kind of like iffy going into it for that. But when you went into the movie, did you see what you kind of expected? And if not, what did you expect? What about you? So when I, I saw the original Blade Runner in... The, for the first time in December and what I remembered about it was it was much different than I expected it had a very slow pace yeah. um, it felt it's just rot with melancholy to a, to such a point where the the actors almost seem like overacting they almost they, there's like a melodrama to it hmm. almost like um, almost like like super moody teenagers who are in a in like a theater production right yeah. like yeah and I honestly think that that was purposeful and it's a lot of it's a that's a part of that movie's character and i think it actually popularized sort of that feeling of of down and melancholy like just gothic teenage angst almost in a lot of ways so i was i was expecting a lot of that to come through i was expecting the movie to be slow because i thought the original blade runner slow and that was okay with me um i was not i did not have high expectations to be completely honest like i love uh ryan gosling uh, but seeing seeing the the trailers, I was just I hope this isn't I just hope this doesn't fall flat was basically my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just all I could really think about is ha- like any interesting piece of work is one that creates like a very interpretive like play space w- uh, with your mind where the meaning that they're trying to give to you or even if they are trying to give you meaning isn't you can't converge on that meaning very quickly. Getting to that meaning is very convoluted and it's, and there's a lot of obstacles and that's what makes navigating through the work interesting is that your expect expectations are constantly thwarted. Uh, you keep having to resolve, uh, cruxes in your understanding that you thought, like you thought one thing was going to happen. Now something different is going to happen. The entire movie, I was constantly trying to guess at where the plot was going who these characters actually were and like I from the moment it started to literally the final scene I just could not guess I was always being strung along I was always waiting for what was going to happen next I was always engaged always intrigued couldn't guess what the next step was going to be and every time that step showed up in front of me it was something that was unexpected and it was it was fucking awesome you okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the last I part is waiting. <laughs> I feel like the last yeah. part was important because I feel like I've heard uh, similar, like other movies that have the same aspects, but then it's just annoying and confusing. So and and I think that's going to be end up being the problem with this movie for a lot of people. Yeah, is that well, one just to throw it out there, it's not doing super hot box office wise. Really, which sucks. Which yeah, really, really, really surprised. sucks. And like, I I found that out after I saw it, and I was literally like, no fucking way. Huh. Like it's ridiculous. Like but, compared to what? Like, I mean, I'm just like wondering what else is out that people are watching instead of that. Because that was one of the only movies that I was like, okay, cool. Like I would be willing to go see that. Go see that right now. I mean, there's other movies that like maybe you might expect if you didn't really have a fascination with the original Blade Runner. Just viewing trailers and expectations might be for more of a less. You know, this movie's this movie's slow. It's slow paced as fuck, two, and it's long. And it's a minutes. slow paced long film, right? Yeah. But it honestly didn't feel that way, dude. Get not out of at theater. all. It's. I, I was, just mean the pacing. Like I was intrigued the whole 
time. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of the theater, I was like, damn, it's fucking over. Like, I was not expecting it to already be fucking over just the way that it was, man. And it was one of the coolest, most, like, impactful endings ever. Where, like, once, once when the, I did not expect the credits to come when they did. And when they hit, I was like, oh, my God, that's what this movie was about? Yeah. And it blew me away. It was, yeah. Mm. It, yeah, just so, oh, my gosh. The scenery in those last two scenes and the fucking imagery just was amazing. And the whole atmosphere just led up to that one point. And it was really cool. And I will say, like you said before, it defied all your expectations. This movie, when I went into it, you're given like right off the bat kind of what you know, like what like the overall idea is going to be based around this thing, right? And I'm trying to speak as vague as possible to not give spoilers. <laughs> but the idea is that when I... When they're this, given a lead. Yeah, they're given a lead on something. And you as a viewer, you know of a cliched scenario when you think to yourself, okay... This is what's going to happen. I'm such a smart audience member. I can pick this up and this is what's going to fucking happen. And then two scenes later, it just tells you that that's the case. Like you're taking your dystopian tropes and projecting them. and thinking Yeah. And I'm thinking happen. to myself like, yeah, like, oh, that's going to be this. Right. I know that already. Mm-hmm. And then they give it to you two scenes later, which kind of throws me off thinking like, OK, I thought that was going to be the twist. And I just knew already. But <laughs> then it double twists me down the line. And it ends up like twisting, like twist me fucking around. Like I said, like it's like whole weird <laughs> for real. Like this, I, the movie made me like, made me feel like I should be respecting this movie more as I got through the movie. I was like, I just need to fucking yeah. let them tell this story because apparently yep. I think I know everything and I fucking don't know shit. Mm. And what was right? cool was I felt like a lot of those twists and a lot of those defied expectations were happening in the head of the main character the whole time. Of course. Like, as much as you were trying to fucking figure shit out, so was that main character, and there was like a very good one-to-one connection there. Yeah, you realize um, that those feelings are what the character's feeling, and you're just feeling those feelings, and yeah. you're like, oh shit, it's, amazing. it's a movie, yeah. it's a story, yeah. and I'm like... You have an intimate connection with Oh my god, now. I'm connecting with this character, right? It was incredible. I was... So, when it comes to spectacle, I don't think this one's going to really be paralleled in many other places. Like the dystopian cityscapes that they create yeah. are just some of the most magnificent I think ever made. I really think that the cinematographer, the director of photography, and the people who did the concept art and, and all of that just deserve to win awards. You know, yeah. it was mm. just magnificent to look at and to watch. The entire time I was playing, I was like, God, I wish I could fucking play this as a video game. Like, I would kill to mm. be in this world, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, and outside of that, dude, like, I fucking love the characters. I thought the main antagonist villain was one of the most kick-ass, terrifying villains just ever. Um, You're talking about the female villain? or I'm like, talking about love, yeah. yeah. Love was just balls out terrifying. Yeah. Um, and every scene that she was in, I enjoyed. I mean, th- there's one particular moment where she's getting her nails done. And she's also like looking into these glasses and controlling this satellite and she's watching somebody and like and she's doing stuff. And it was just like one of the most serene uh, dichotomies of like what you're looking at, how the character's behaving and what's actually happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, And there's and there's many scenes sort of like that where they just stick with you. They just cut right there and you're like, this is visually incredible. Uh, Like 
there's so many memorable moments, you know. Uh, Max, what did you think about the the characters and sort of the villains and stuff? Um, I thought each of the characters were very well developed. I think that they didn't overload it with a bunch of characters, which is awesome. Like there's like yeah, I was five people. There a lot, or there's like five people that it gives you like any insight into. And surprisingly, one of the people that you don't get like any insight in is like who is perceived as being the main villain from the get go. Jared Leto's character Wallace is yeah. not necessarily fleshed out in any way, hmm. right? But he is there as like a character. He's there right. as like a shallow surface level, like obviously the kind evil, of a driver in the yeah. Story he's a driver stuff. in the force, and he's like a powerful figure. But like Chase said, the more interesting character is like the underling character, which is uh, the yeah. I forget hmm. her name is Love, right? And yep. yeah, she becomes this this very unique force and very unique character, and she's really cool. Um, I will say that. Ryan Gosling does a great job, obviously. <laughs> he does amazing. Um, he I does mean, a it's, perfect it's, job. I mean, it's 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 his it's his style of character for sure. Yeah, I kind of like, imagine there's definitely no the same way that kind that of character as the drive out, guy. But it, I was reading yeah. I was reading a, a, a review and this critic put it exceptionally well, and he says that uh, um, Gosling has an air of passionate boredom to him, and I was like, that's a really good way to put it, like passionate boredom, mm-hmm. where like he doesn't look like he makes bored looking cool. Like almost, hmm. and it it really works in this particular context, given the character that he's playing in this in this world. To not go too far into it, just in, for the sake of this conversation, um, but yeah, I thought he fit the role like perfectly. Like when he, when I first saw him being cast, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I really like yeah. him as an actor, and it's great that they got this this guy that I like just for that reason alone. But no, I really think they perked like they picked the perfect person for that character, you know? And I do think that he played that character exceptionally well. Well, there's just, like you were saying, there's so much imagery in the film and, and like the visual aspects of it are so incredible that you don't want a lot of dialogue to like, Oh, like on top of it acting or anything. You don't want that on top of it. And a lot of these films or these, uh, these scenes involve Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling's really good at wearing these really deep emotions subtly on his face, hmm. right? Yep. Which is the idea of the character. It's the idea of like a, something that shouldn't be feeling, or I mean, maybe not feeling feelings. That's pretty cliche, but like the idea that like he shouldn't be thinking like this, given the character that he is. And it becomes this, you can see this inner complexity in his head in this world of like magnificent fucking visual effects. And also just like the atmosphere itself, the tone and the atmosphere that speaks for something else too as well. He fits very well because there's a lot of scenes of silence that are also, I mean, if they're not, if they're not silent, they have Hans Zimmer's fucking soundtrack over yeah. it. So it's Dude, even that better soundtrack. and it's fucking and like, awesome. So, and yeah. they would just do really cool things where, you know, they kind of give you that slice of life on the streets of this future dystopian city and they go a, a bit further than just showing you what it's like on the street corner. They'll play this sound effect that sounds like this metallic turbine, which is so oppressively loud mm-hmm. that permeates the entire scene that almost hurts your ears as an audience member. And all you can think is like, what the fuck is that? And they never show it to you. They don't tell it to you. And it just makes like it just makes those scenes have a little bit more depth because you just know that there's a bigger world out there outside of what you're seeing. And not only that, but the actors that you're seeing are the characters you see on screen are totally callous to it it's fucking every day for them you know yeah it's the yeah the the idea like it's yeah it's that all-encompassing fear of or not fear but like feel of industrialization and all that shit in that world right which is how everything is a fucking like factory and making noises like that is there a good amount of action in the film oh yeah uh yeah there's a good amount of action and i will say that i was super surprised how they did the ending like there is a like a finale fight scene that Mm -hmm. happens 
and I it's loved it. I loved it, and it's so it's so good. Non like it's not cliche. It's not climactic. Like, climactic, yeah. other than like. Again, the emotions that you see on every single there's three characters involved. Mm-hmm. Every single yep. one of them wears something, whether whether it be from like a smug feeling of victory to like surprise to fear of death to all this kind of stuff happening, and it's all happening so slowly. But they're all just it was so oh my god! I don't want to say anything else to like really throw it off yeah. or spoil it more. Right. But it I will was say really that the special. ending is really special and personal, mm-hmm. and feels like really compact, which is cool because I think they got all the bigger parts not out of the way because they were fitting where they were but the bigger action scenes are still in there yeah they were just earlier in the movie and to finish with something that's a lot more like romanticized and personal made it feel fucking awesome so so max it sounds like we've got pretty glowing reviews yeah do you want to wrap it up maybe maybe you want to you want to wrap it up real quick maybe on just like a couple things you didn't like um a couple things that i didn't like um I had some things in mind, but honestly, after talking about all the things I do like so much, I've kind of forgotten a lot about them. <laughs> I mean, it's just there were like very, very minute things that happened. Um, I don't necessarily agree. There's been a lot of criticism as the movie is being proclaimed as being like chauvinistic in a few ways, but I don't necessarily. I wanna, see yeah, that. I want to talk about that too, like, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I'll spitball that. I mean, I don't see it, but I can like also understand the argument. So, I mean, I know. Like, Chase, what do you think about the idea? To me, it didn't come off as, like, inherently sexist, but you are constantly bombarded with, with one, sex, mm-hmm. um, and two, just the female body. Like, you see just a lot of naked women. And mm-hmm. it was never done in such a way that felt, like, cheap, mm-hmm. but I also felt like it didn't really serve didn't really, it was that, needless. Much, yeah. that much of a purpose as far as, like, fleshing the world out. Like, I, I can see a future where everything is hypersexualized, but I would also think that there would be the male side of that as well, considering even, like, where we are at, where we are at now as a society. Mm-hmm. And so it, it did feel... Magic Mike 4 has got to be coming out pretty soon. <laughs> it's so. got to be coming out soon. <laughs> where, where are those posters? See so. some of that day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... And, and I don't know where the nuance is here. Like, it didn't feel necessary need, necessarily needless because it is certainly a part of the identity of that, like, film and that fiction. But I just also didn't really feel like it served much outside of just that, you know? Mm-hmm. That, was, um, that was what happened with season one of the show of Game of Thrones. It was like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. There's brothels and people having sex but like does it make the show actually more quality because you have boobs everywhere no i disagree yeah and then they stopped doing that and it was better (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah so what do you so i get that chase like the surroundings and the environment is supposed to be like a one it's like grimy and what you associate with griminess is usually like underground and like sexualized uh, fucking like people being used and sexualized in a lot of ways unfortunately that is women in a lot of cases um, but I do agree that there were a lot of moments where like one just straight up like nudity didn't need to be there. Like when I saw that the movie was rated R, like that's why, right? It's right. the nudity, right? And there may be like swearing that I guess I, you know, I can't really account for every time it's they said fuck. pretty fucking violent too, dude. But it's they a don't, very violent movie. They're violent, but it's not in a way that's like was terribly shocking at any moment. I don't know, man. When love fucking broke that one dude's neck. That was disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, but still at the same time, like it was disgusting because of the way it was shot and honestly tastefully done. Because like, yeah, the I mean, dude is not. Nice, it's not like his I mean, fucking thing. Nice. Like you know, show an X-ray of his bones, like and like blood <laughs> spewing out of his face. Style. But like, no, they did show blood spewing out of his yeah, face. But they insane. did. But it was just like you know, after he fell over and stuff. But I don't well, think no. that that's like R rating. It's definitely the fucking the the nudity, right? And I think that a lot of those scenes just real like. A lot of those scenes were just not unnecessary, or were just 
just not necessary. And I know that there were powerful scenes with like the the huge blue girl when he like talks yeah. to her there. And that's a great scene. Which was, yeah, exactly. It's a great, a great scene, scene. But then again, like was her being completely nude, uh, you know, crucial Did to making that such a great it. scene? Yeah, like and that I don't it, think it, so. But but also as a counterpoint, as as much as much like maybe new, needless nudity was in there. I do think the strongest characters in the movie. There were more strong female characters than there were strong male characters. That's what I was gonna you say know? is it sounded like the one of the coolest characters was female. Well, and I think that. That's not even several not of the coolest super characters. common, you know. Well, that's interesting. So you think, all right, so love is obviously one of them. But what are the other female characters that you think were super cool? Uh, I think his boss was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was she was really just strong, a kick ass. The leader of uh, the leader of the person who's following um, one of the characters is a female. Uh, and then but the she was not fleshed of, out at all. No, she wasn't. But I'm just. But when you talk about a movie with so few characters, true. I think yeah. it's worth pointing out that there was a majority that were female. I do, th- and I do agree with you that like I think it's heavily understated that how strong the female roles were. Because I saw somebody like I saw I read a review where they like really like decided to say like oh I like the movie and all, but like all the female characters were like a bitch, a slut, and a housewife. And I was like, that's such a like, fucking what? absurdly yeah. that like that's such. Well, first slanted. off, it's like demeaning towards the characters. Like, <laughs> hold up, no, this bitch I, you're well, talking see, about I is a powerful that, villain, and you yeah. think it's a woman, and now you're associating bitch with somebody being a powerful villain. Like, that's fucked up. No yeah. fucking way. That's not a bitch. That's a powerful that's fucking I, villain. You being sexist, yeah, dude. That's what I wanted to say. Like, dude, sorry. Go when on, I first dude. saw those three descriptors too, I was like, I don't even know which ones they're referring to. Like, I can't even tell you which ones yeah. they're talking about. You know. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of stupid, but because um, I do think that yeah, the female and I think that uh, not just love, but yeah, like you said, the commanding officer was a powerful character too, and a driver in moving a lot of these plot points along with Ryan Gosling. So right. I understand that. So, but yeah, I mean, like I really don't think that there were that many flaws in the movie. If there were anything that I thought about while watching it, they were completely like. First off, I get it mixed up because there's a lot of things that I thought I didn't like, and then I realized I was an asshole further watching <laughs> into the movie, right? Yeah. And then anything else is just so like not important. That, it's a fleeting thought. Yeah, it's a fleeting thought. And I really do think that this is one of the best movies made in the last five to ten years. I fucking love this wow. movie a lot. I really do think this movie is great. I think it's going to be a classic in the future. I think it's going to do a lot of the same things that the original Blade Runner did. Because the idea that the original Blade Runner wasn't super successful in the theaters either, but became this movie that everybody talked about afterwards and said, what the fuck? This movie was great. Why didn't people watch it? I can see that. Right? So I assume that something similar is going to happen. And I do say that, like, if you haven't seen it, please go see it just to support the film more. Support it. Please. Because it's made back. It's like, I think its first box office weekend was like 30 million and it cost 150 million to make, which is not good (laughs) at all. And it really sucks that this movie isn't getting the kind of reception that it really needs. So hmm. any yeah. last words? And just my final two cents about the things I didn't like. Um, the plot is one of the most intricate and thrilling puzzles to put together. And when that final piece finally clicks in and you get that satisfaction of putting that piece in, it's fucking incredible. The payoff mm-hmm. is huge. But once you know the puzzle, um, it doesn't really hold up as well the second time through, kind of like how Dunkirk yeah. wasn't, I didn't feel was as good the second time through. Mm. Uh, knowing what I knew going through it again, I, I was, you can appreciate the visuals and stuff still, but Blade, the original Blade Runner certainly has that draw of you can watch it a lot and continue to get different meanings from it. And I don't know if the same is, is true with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, 
what I really appreciated about this movie is how you have this massive world and there's even like off worlds. Like that's a part of the uh, environment and the story of Blade Runner is that there's off world colonies and all this stuff. You don't get any of that in this movie. And what I th- was expecting was it was going to be sort of like a grand tale of a lot of like movers and shakers moving really big things. And it's really the opposite of that which was awesome. It defied my expectations. But that being said, if you try to sort of dig in to the things that you saw, maybe like a few fleeting details and you like Darian and I would have conversations like, wait, so if this person like did this thing and they're trying to do this, that and the other, does that mean this? And every time you ask questions like that, there there's really not an answer because they just didn't give you one. But that's, it's not really the movie's fault because that's not what the scope of the, of the plot was about. But I still think like it's kind of, it's kind of tough to just be like, well, you had that one really good experience. And if you try to dig any deeper, you're just going to find quicksand, you know? So, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that the, the original movie was way more open than this one was. Cause the, as and it's honestly, because I think the plot was stronger in this film that like that ends up becoming, you can get more meanings out of the first one because it's a little bit more loosely based and a little bit more like, it's like surface level digestible. But then like the underlayer of the first film is what like, gives that multiple meaning in like the movie you can have more discussions about as opposed to this movie. You talk about what's so great about it being a movie, not so much about like, but what was this in the film, you know, like, as you did yeah, with the, the original parts and stuff. Yeah. So interesting. But, well, I want to see it. Yeah. I support it. I wish I had Hunter, go see it. I mean, still just go see it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to try to. You said you're yeah. drawing off it from brethren. So there are a lot of things that I check it out. 100% need to talk to you about it for so. <laughs> Absolutely. But enough about big, awesome movies. What about big, awesome fans? Did anybody email us recently? <laughs> we we got of those. so many fans. Everyone buckle up because it's time to go through some we fucking We've got to knock out some of these fucking emails. Which, we got which, a bunch. Which corner are we going to today? Oh, yeah. We, we haven't right, been well, then naming just, the corner, and I don't, put it, I don't put buffers then. If we don't name the corner? I guess so, yeah. Where are we going? You, you decide, Hunter. Let's go Dunters. Dunters Mail Corner. It's it. All right, so first one comes from Max Kelleher, one of our good friends from the show, the spaceman himself, and small-time, big-time genius, sent us a question, says, Hey team, I just watched a video on YouTube. It talks about accessibility in video games. It seems like something you all might have insight and interesting perspectives about. I've been learning American Sign Language slash Signed English for the past week, and it's been making me think a lot about a culture and a perspective that I know a little, little about. I would love to hear your opinions. So the video that he sent us comes from the YouTube channel Extra Credits, which is one of the best video game um, YouTube channels out there. I highly recommend it if you haven't uh, seen it before. They've got a huge catalog of, of videos that are extremely uh, informational. And They're very digestible the vid- information. Yeah. It's very easy to follow, too. Yeah. So this video basically talks about accessibility in video games and how uh, a large reason why we don't have a lot of accessibility options in them is because they're not considered from the start of development. And it just sort of goes through some of the things that you can do to make your video game more accessible to people with disabilities that can also actually maybe help other people uh, who don't have disabilities just get through your game in other ways. So what did you guys think about it? Um I, I think that like one of the interesting claims that it makes is how difficult it is to put some of these things that seem like really trivial and easy things to do after the fact. But I'm sure Chase could say otherwise completely because I, I don't think I really know. I don't think you really know either about mm-hmm. what goes into like development and stuff like this, because 
the first couple of things that I think about when you think of like a somebody who is disabled in some way and wants to play the video game like you immediately usually think of like a blind person or a deaf person Mm -hmm. or something like that or somebody who's just like visually impaired or some varying degree of deafness right Mm -hmm. so when i think about like just having um how important it is some of these visual cues for like deaf clientels and how that might be something that i take for granted in video games or i don't associate with i think just the idea of like adding these visual cues, but also giving you the ability to turn them on and off is super important. I mean, I don't really know how else to like add more to it than like he already said in the video. I do think that that's like just something that even not only as like a, a deaf person, but just as somebody who wants to play a game for different reasons. Right. I think there's, there's a lot of really great things of coming or playing games. Like I played in the past, like um, insurgency, right. Where like the whole idea is like you tear down everything and you make it as much of a normal visual perspective as possible. Like as little on the HUD as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. But at the same time, like I would like to always allow the option to add more things on it. And if, even if that really feels like you're like taking away from the game experience, then in some other way, like, I don't know, just give something in return for playing without them so that you still have incentive to play without these things. If you really want a more like personal experience or not. But I just think that it's, I mean, I think that there's no reason not to at this point since it should just be considered from the beginning. Right. What do you think, Chase? Yeah, I mean, considering it from the beginning is one of their main points, and it's also the most salient one. It's definitely the case. You know, shoving anything into a game later is just always a recipe for disaster. Uh, There's also a lot of uh, organizations out there that uh, champion disability features in video games, and they can give you a list of, like, these are the things that, if you added, will make uh, these disabilities, uh, will help these kind of people out. And when you do that, then you show up on their website, and they, they'll champion your game as well. And it's a very uh, mutually beneficial sort of uh, relationship that gets set up. And so, you know, I, I hope that I can be a part of a game at some point that, you know, considers those, those sorts of things. Like, even, even helping people who have colorblindness. Like, one of our QA testers is colorblind. And we added like a different gradient one time to a particular menu. And he was like, what's with this like weird bar down here? And I'm like, oh, no, this is this new color. It's red. I understand like you can't see that. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I can't see that. You know, like you just you just don't think about that kind of stuff. Not at all. I will say uh, because I was talking to Hunter a little bit before this, too, as well. There's a lot of games that like put it into the game that you don't notice. Like um, if you've ever heard of uh, the blind Street Fighter player who can hear the difference because there's actual different vi- like audio cues on each side of playing a fighting game because mm-hmm. being blind and trying to play a fighting game seems nearly impossible. Right. right. Or really any game for that matter. But like, I think a fighting game would be one that like you can add a cue for everything that a, like a, like a, a non blind person wouldn't notice. Like you couldn't, if I had not been told that before, I would have never been able to tell you that Hadoukens and punches and stuff sound different on each side of the screen. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I would have, I think that's so it's awesome. just, I don't know. It's just something to consider that like it's already in a lot of games anyway. And I don't think it takes away anything from me as a non-blind person mm-hmm. playing at all in any way. Like, I think, I think notice. my two cents on it is like, I think that they're all, when it comes to uh, disabled people and like um, having accessibility, like options to be able to make it to where they can consume it physically in a more preferable or just 
they can consume it as opposed to not being able to consume it. I think, yeah, got from the onset, that just needs to be a notch in your belt that you need to make sure you're addressing, right? If you want to make sure that you're, um, you know, addressing that and in, in, also including that audience. That being said, like, I think some of the suggestions that were in there were a little bit, like, overreaching. Like, saying, like, oh, don't call it easy mode. Call it story mode. Yeah. It's like... Well, there are a lot of games that that's kind of just the personality that they use, you know, or like, um, you know, like, or like the idea that, um, like, I don't, I, I wouldn't think that a developer should make a game and if the only thing that they got out of it was that disabled people can play it as well and everything else fell apart, I wouldn't think that they should be like, yeah, at least we got that. Like, yeah. I want you to make your game first, but it's best if you can include those options as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like make the game you want to make, but also allow, but also work to try and make sure that your audience can consume yeah. it as opposed to the other way around. Like everybody can consume it. And then we hope it's good as well. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, on that note, when he said something like, Oh, don't use something like super baby mode or that's cause that's demeaning. Like the only time I've ever seen that in the game is when they were trying to be funny or like right, when that yeah. was like the point of the move and the idea of like having easy or beginner be something that like you shouldn't say it's a very is stupid piece, because yeah, like you always begin something. Yeah. And if I went into any game, if I played halo on beginner, because I'm not very good not at halo, I'm not going to be like, I'm not a beginner. Like I wouldn't be upset about that. I wouldn't feel like I was being demean. Like yeah. is that. <laughs> add something in the game that makes these other like things accessible, like equally as you climb up, like just given somebody's accessibility, like abilities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for the question, Max. You, yeah, Max. that was well, good. Sorry it took us so long to yeah, get to I know. it. <laughs> I mean, that video was love you. eight minutes long. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Dunter with one of the most throwaway questions that get thrown around on the internet is a hot dog, a sandwich. Hmm. The answer is no, because if it was a sandwich, you would call it a sandwich. <laughs> Well, are pita bread sandwiches sandwiches? If you stuff a you pita pocket, is that considered a sandwich? I guess. I mean, what the, are we doing here? I guess, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is the point? So of I'm, thinking, I'm asking, what we're thinking like, is is the proportions of a hot dog <laughs> is that you have one partially open side, right? Yeah. And you also have two. Uh, you have two other sides that are enclosed upon a middle of meat. Right? It's a taco. Yeah, so. essentially what I was thinking is a taco. Is a hot dog think, a taco I think, I think should a, be the real question. Is a question. hot dog a taco is a better question. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is a better question. Yeah, so um, Dunter, we give you that. I'm going to say it's not a sandwich because of that. I don't mm -hmm. think you can have a one-side open sandwich. Does An that make sense? open-faced sandwich? Unless maybe like it's a pita or, or, like, not, or a, a fucking panini or something. Yeah. I don't know. So if I fold over, so if I commonly I'll have, because I'm trying to get as much peanut butter in as possible is I'll just coat one piece of bread with peanut butter and I'll fold it over and I'll eat it that way. Am I eating something more related to a taco or a hot dog? I would say that's closer to a peanut butter taco. <laughs> okay, well, like, that's fine with me. I, I really will say it. that, I mean, I, you know what? I will absolutely say that I constantly eat peanut butter tacos on, <laughs> on a regular basis. So. I mean, just because it's not a tortilla, you, you, you feel weird saying it's not a taco. Or you feel weird calling it a taco. But at the end of the but day, it's all about the folding and the amount the of slices. Yes. And it's the uh, it's what you're working with. I would say that a hot dog could be under the taco umbrella. 
Yeah. But I don't think that if you're at the going very to, edge of the Venn diagram. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that if you if you disagree, I'm not going to get up in arms about it. I'm not going to fight you over that. That's no. your opinion. Because yeah. we're getting in subjective territory. I of fully respect your free speech on whether a hot dog is or is not a taco. But you're wrong. and You shouldn't be allowed to eat <laughs> So, but I'll riot yeah. your campus <laughs> if uh, uh, you go spewing that anti-hot dog taco yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Dunter. Glad Dunter we dedicated Dunter redeems himself with another, I think, interesting question. Out of everything you could draw a picture of, what do you think you could draw best? Mm. Man, what can relevant. I draw best? Mm. This is very relevant. I, like, I think I can do caricatures pretty well. I think it's probably my strongest, strongest suit. If I can, so waiting to be turned into a fighting game character, Max. You are, yeah. or a video game character at this point. Yeah, that's true. I think like yeah, something that's novelty or like caricature esque of like people I know or friends is usually my 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 best suit. I mean, I can do a decent DBZ character. <laughs> you can do which character can you draw the best? Like a just like a big bulky guy, like you know, big. like <laughs> like fucking Broly. <laughs> Or something. A big bulky guy. The more muscles, the better yeah. my drawing gets. If yeah, you seriously. have more muscles, it's easier for me to draw Because it's just you. rounder. Yeah, and how many circles? You can do little streaks, and mm-hmm. it really just means ripples. And Yeah, you of know. course. Absolutely. Okay, what about you, Chase? Where are your artist I can, skills like? I can draw from like a picture very well. Mm-hmm. And like whenever I did my very first like act, like act self-portrait for um, for an art class, I like really surprised myself in how well I did. And so I can do I can do like shading pretty well. So if you if someone was like draw the best thing you can draw, I would just draw a fucking circle, but just then I would shade, shade it to make it look like it was a fucking like a perfect ball sphere coming out of the page. There you yeah. go. That's honestly. I hey, used that's to impressive. practice doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't ever any good. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We got one last question that we'll read today, and this one comes from Dooney. And I must say. We had two unreads from Dunter. We've got three unreads from Dooney. Oh, man. Yeah, the oh my catalog Dooney, is building up between these. the D and the D. I'm just saying, the double at D's this on point, the, show. the D and the D-O. It's hard to maintain any semblance of like uh, of like head-to-head nature here. It feels like Dooney's edging it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just what's go- that's just what we talk about off the mic, yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> um, he says, tell us about his time. Tell us about a time in which video games helped you get through something what game was it and how did it positively impact you man i don't know i mean like i i don't think i've ever really used like games as a coping mechanism mechanism. however they are like neither man yeah and a lot of people that are like associated with the industry as far as being like commenters or Mm -hmm. influencers always have stories like this. Like, Hmm. Oh, when I got divorced or, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. This, these games like helped me. I don't have any stories like that. Yeah. I think one, it speaks to the fact that we've lived very fortunate lives. It's true. And two, two, I just think that like generally like as a de-stressor, I play video games and like maybe there are moments when like I have just like, not purposefully said or like not purposefully tried to play something to get over something specifically, but generally felt better after playing video games. And that's usually if it's not like a fighting game, like street fighter or playing yeah, sets like that where emotions run high. Yeah. Cause one <laughs> that just stresses me out you more. Usually um, it would probably be something like a little bit some mindless, but like fun is like guitar here. Right. It's something that's just more right. of like, you know, it's something like second focused nature, and it's very second natured and it's very, but it's also competitive with yourself because you do have to beat something. So, I mean, I don't have any specific stories, but I will say that like I've played guitar hero at times right. when I was <laughs> probably not feeling super great and uh, wanted to feel better. 
I think I probably have the best story here, surprisingly. Um, yeah, this in, is the first. In college. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. In college, when me and Chase lived together. Fucking dug deep. I had like eight months, which is from like January until the end of July. I guess that's seven. Where I was basically, I had like almost no class. I didn't, uh, most of my friends that I had built relationships with in college had already graduated because I was in my fifth year and they had graduated in four and gone to other places. And I think I was just in like a, a depressed state. I had too much time on my hands and I didn't want to fucking study all day and I didn't know what I really wanted to do. So I would just stay up late at night and freaking research anything under the sun and go down these crazy rabbit holes. And so... There are a lot of times when, like, the the semblance, the thing that I got to enjoy the most that ended up being positive and something that I actually connected with other people on was The Witcher. Because I was there's just so much shit to do in it that it was my first experience of, like, okay, well, I've been playing this for seven hours, but there's only, like, three more question marks in front of my guy. <laughs> And I need to go fucking knock those out real quick before I go. Seven hours later after that. (laughs) Yeah, for literally not joking. (laughs) Um, So that was good. And then in in the same vein, I also did the uh, Massive Chalice, which was really fun. Massive Chalice. At the same time. Yeah. Um, Those were both really good and got me through one of the darker periods of just idle mind. You don't want an idle mind if you don't if you if you can avoid it. Idle hands. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Spend time with the gentles. Nobody likes that. God doesn't like that. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, that's all the questions for this week. Thanks. Send them on over to wittybantershow at gmail.com if you want yours read. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. We'll eventually read it. Yeah. Right? So if you do <laughs> have like a, a pending, yeah, if you do have a pending uh, question, we will definitely read it. The shows have just been going a little long, but we will get to them next time. Uh, any final words you want to say on the salty lady? Salty lady is. A dear lady, indeed. Oh, you like the taste of that lady? It's like, yeah, it'll be one that I guess um, you'll look for in the future. I'll straight up recommend as a goza. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'll, yeah. it'll be a go-to, like goza option for me. So a GTG, good. a go-to goza, man. Right? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. All right, a, uh, the evil crawfish is is all right. I goes to the goza. <laughs> Do you goes to the goza? <laughs> Oh, jeez. The Evil Crawfish is a... I mean, it's good. I mean, it's it's a red IPA. It's bitter. It's like There's sweetness from the alcohol content itself, but other what's, than that... What's the chugometer like? Um, it's been a while since we brought up... Yeah, the chugometer, chugometer man. I mean, it's got to be like a five on the chugometer. Just a halfway. In the middle, you know? Like it's you not could unchuggable. if you really needed to. It's not unchuggable. Right. You get pulled over in a country where this is illegal... <laughs> And you're in the back seat, and you, you got two it. bottles of these, and the cop is walking up in the car. You can gut these. Right? You can do it. <laughs> or you can just throw them away. And they wouldn't know. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, take the fine. Whatever you want. Um, but it is, it is chuggable, but it's not recommended. Uh, but, you know, I, I do like usually most of the stuff that Clown Shoes puts out. Um, their last sports get ball. I think I, thought, I like sports get ball better than this beer. Was, was sports get ball Jester King, I thought? Oh, they were Jester King. That's what it was. They weren't yeah. Clown Shoes. That's right. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this one, you know, it's, it's cool. It's all right. It's nothing too terribly special. There's nothing that stands out about it. And I've got a couple more spooky beers to drink and I can't imagine one of them is probably going to be better. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. There you have there you it. Go. So, well, that's been the show. Every time we talk about like 
man, we want to make sure that we keep this one concise. You're like, we got to like, I think we'll be uh, right. We'll be okay. We'll be right over there. Cool. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Well, yeah. Well, without further ado, if you want to follow chase, you can go to twitter.com and you can type in Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Yeah. Ryan Gosling. (laughs) And you pretty much get the same thing. Uh, you can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. You can follow me at probably Max or Dink in the Stink, depending on how long it goes until <laughs> how long ago you're listening. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow the show, you can. If you want to follow the show? You can go to a, at Dinks in the Stinks uh, show, the name of our new show. Um, no, it's a witty banter show. Uh, if you don't like Twitter, you can go on to a www. That's the World Wide Web dot dot com. I don't know what com stands for, but commercial, right? Commercial. Yep. We do have a commercial site because we are a big business now. Fucking we suits. We bought it. Yep. Yeah. That's true. We bought suits, it. Fucking suits, man. And we're gonna go all electric, right? We all decided <laughs> that as a company. Yeah. We're gonna go all electric too. So currently, we're in an all electric state. Yeah, if you well, don't, I don't like think we've it. ever used gas. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> so. we knew from the beginning that gas—it's not going anywhere. Our Except website Max is running over here. He's he's putting out some gas. There's enough gas. That was yeah. I was a gassy <laughs> boy. <laughs> I am the fart.com. I am the fart.com. I'm not fucking around, man. I will sig- I will submit a fart and uh, we will follow up it's on like the show. It's like having a beautiful baby and not entering it into a beautiful baby contest. <laughs> yeah, it's like having a stinky baby and not entering it into a stinky baby contest. <laughs> also, sure. we got one more. We got a shout out. Oh, a shout out? We're going to be doing barbecue again this year, guys. Oh, yeah, we are. We're November 4th. It's a little delayed from last year. We're going November 4th. That's good. Ashford I hope the weather Pub. is. Yeah, We're going to go fucking hang out with Jason. Good old We're going to run back across the community in Green Flash reps with Josh. You better Tight. fucking get Squigs back on. Yeah, <laughs> see, I bet Squigs will fucking be there. <laughs> yeah. And we also have like three other new breweries, I think, Buffalo Bayou's coming by. Oh, that's cool. Um, Buffalo Bayou's going to be there. Yeah, so, th- I mean, it's going to be a good show. So if you can come out, come out. And if you can't, listen to the fucking show. Please, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, I will see you next week with a little bit of a mix-up. We won't really tell them what the mix-up's going to be. Yeah, we're going to be... But it's going to put you on your fucking head. (laughs) So better come back and check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This has been a witty banter. A bad, 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 bad,